Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. So if you listen to episode 117 from a few weeks ago that I did with my team here at Rising Above, then you heard us talk about some exciting changes that we have taking place here at the ministry. And we told you about us bringing on a new vice president of ministry advancement and pastoral care. And I'm so excited today to let you know who that is, because today is Steve Chapman's first day as part of our team here at Rising Above, and we could not be happier. You know, Steve and Lori, his wife, have been part of the Rising Above family since we started way back in 2005. Steve and Lori have five kids, two with Down syndrome and three grandkids. And Steve has served for the past 19 years as one of the pastors at the River Community Church here in Cookville. But as of today, he's going to be joining our team here at Rising Above. Now, you may recognize the Chapman family because if you were part of any of our virtual family fun nights in the past, then you got to meet the Chapman family because they were the family that was on screen leading those events. You also might recognize Steve and Lori because they have been part of Special Needs Live at By the Brook. They helped write those skits and act in those skits and so talented. And so we are so excited that they are joining our team here. We love the Chapman family and we cannot wait uh, to do more and more with them as Steve officially joins our team here at Rising Above. You know, when my late husband, Jeff, passed away, it left such a void here at Rising Above, especially in the area of our ministry to dads. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Steve would be Jeff's number one pick for this new position. So Steve, welcome to the team. We are so excited to see what God has in store for you. And we can't wait to see the new ideas that you bring here to Rising Above. Now, my guest today is Kay Morgan Gurr, and Kay is joining us all the way from the UK. She is the co-founder of the Additional Needs Alliance. She's also a consultant, a trainer, a writer, a speaker, and I loved getting to hear part of her story and learning more about her journey as someone whose life is personally impacted by disability. I know that you're going to enjoy getting to hear from her. So here's the conversation that I had with Kay Morgan Gurr. Hey, Kay, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I am excited to get to know you, know more about you and your story. Um, Your friend, Mark Arnold, was on previously. He's episode 111. And so he said, oh, you need to get to know my friend, Kay. So I'm so glad that you were willing to join us today on this episode. So start us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'll start with the fact that I'm actually a pediatric nurse. Um, so I am disabled, but a lot of people think I actually started working in the area of disability mm. just because I'm disabled. Um, it actually started way, way before that mm. when uh, I was a teenager helping on a camp for children with physical disabilities. Uh, the fact I'm disabled now is pure fluke. Mm. So it's always been a passion that people are included. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And so you obviously, you have a different accent than than I do. So tell us where you live and uh, kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis now. 
Right. I um, live in a place called Leicester, but I think most Americans actually pronounce it Leicester. Okay. <laughs> so Leicester, it's right in the middle of the UK. Beautiful. Furthest point from the sea. Okay. Well, we are so thankful. I love that we have technology and that we can communicate. I can see you, you know, on the computer screen, even though you're hours ahead of us and miles away from us, that we're still able to connect and have this conversation. Now, you mentioned a little bit about that you have a disability yourself. So what would you like to share about kind of your journey in relation to personally to the disability world? Um, I think like most disabled people, I've gone on a very long journey with it. When I was first uh, working with kids with disabilities, I was very much sort of, let's do unto the children. You know, Mm -hmm. I am the amazing person that's coming in to help you. Right. Um, I got that knocked out of me within Mm -hmm. the first hour of actually meeting the kids. Right, right. (laughs) Um, And you learn more by working alongside, mm-hmm. not doing to uh, those with disabilities. And mm-hmm. then I became disabled myself. And then I've learned so much. Um, yeah. I was diagnosed with something when I was 19 and um, I didn't understand it, didn't know much about it. Added a few more diagnoses. Mm-hmm. So I have a bit of a list. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I've had to learn with my God journey as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my situation as I was growing up wasn't brilliant. Um, so I'd had a tough time as a child mm-hmm. and then I, <laughs> I developed a disability. Yeah. Um, so God has always been someone there for me. Mm-hmm. And I have always related to God as ever present. You know, I've never doubted. I'm one of those really fortunate people that has never struggled with doubt. Yeah. And becoming disabled I've always known God there and I've known that he cries for what I go through. Mm. He hurts on my behalf, but it's trying to balance, you know, where is God? Mm -hmm. One of my conditions is a pain condition. Where is God in the middle of that pain condition? Mm. The same place he's always been, Mm -hmm. you know, did God cause it? Did God give it to me or is God with me in it? Mm -hmm. Working through you in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've just, I have learned that God redeems situations Mm -hmm. and he has redeemed this one Mm -hmm. in so many different ways. So my journey of accepting having to use a wheelchair was Mm -hmm. a very long one. Yes. My journey of um, finding my place in my faith Mm -hmm. was not so long. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just so much that I've actually learned just sitting with my disability with God. Yeah. You know, it's funny, as you were talking about that, I was thinking back to my late husband, uh, Jeff, who, you know, we had a son with profound special needs. We started that special needs journey with him. And then as he started getting older, my husband started getting sick. My husband was in a wheelchair. We had to look at things, you know, he, he himself became someone who was disabled and it totally changes your perspective on how you view people with disabilities when you then are living it out yourself. So uh, he had a similar experience in that he was able, like you said, to see God in this journey. God was with, has been with us all along, even though the world would look at our lives and go, where is God? Yeah. Well, you write a lot about 
your journey and your story. And so you want to know about the name of your website. It's called The Pondering Platypus. So please tell us about your website and what where the name comes from and then some of the things that you share on that website. Uh, Pondering Platypus is uh, a name. We were setting up the website and just chatting with my husband. Trying to describe what I do is really hard because mm. it's made up of so many different things. So, yeah, I, I say I'm like the person in the middle of a web that's saying, go there, go there, mm. or try this. Yeah. And I work for many organizations, or I work with many organizations, not for them. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like a platypus who is made up of so many different parts. You know, this is a mammal with a beak that lays eggs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and has <laughs> flippers and things like that. Yes. And it just seemed to describe what my work was, you know, mm. made up of so many things, but still came up with this wonderful creature. So creative. Yeah. <laughs> so it ended up with the Pondering Platypus, um, which is where you'll find my blogs mm-hmm. and just talking about what I do. But I also have another blog alongside that, which is the Pondering Platypus Resources. Okay. Which is mainly uh, accessible prayer resources for creative prayer or for helping children to reflect on teaching and that sort of thing. Within the next few months, we hope to add things like storytelling Mm. and uh, learning Bible verses in a very simple way, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a new thing we're trying to grow. That's great. Well, we will be sure to put all the links to those websites in the show notes because I know that I I definitely want to go check the new one that you have going as well. And, you know, I spent some time there yesterday reading some of your different articles, some of the, the different things that you've written. And one of the ones that really stood out to me was one called The Things People Say. And, you know, we have all on this journey had people say things to us that were like, I cannot believe that they said that, you know, me now as a widow and, you know, I've had people say things and I'm like, you know, just shaking my head thinking, did they really just say that? And, you know, so yesterday, Kim here at the office, she and I were, were printed, printed out that article and we were reading it and she, both of us just sadly laughing out loud at some of Good. the ridiculous, I mean, seriously, it was so funny just at some of the ridiculous things that have been said to you over time. You know, and I think people look at uh, people impacted by disability and they make assumptions. They make assumptions about what they can do. So what are some of of the assumptions people have made about you when they see you in your wheelchair? Um, It depends on the situation I'm in. I get the best quotes either on a train mm. or at a Christian festival. Yeah. Well, I, want, I want to read that conversation here. When you, yes. So go ahead. That was so funny. Sad, but funny. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I wrote so much in that article. Yeah. Of how many things was the one that actually stood out to you? Well, so I have several highlighted and cause you have, them, you have them broken out into sections. So you said the ones people say a gazillion times, thinking they're original. That's what's so funny is that people say yep. things thinking they're, oh, this is original. It says, do you have a license for that thing? Yes. Yeah. I, I get asked that one a lot. And yeah. the follow-up is um, things like, have you passed your test? Yeah. <laughs> How fast does it go? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Actually, I have passed a test. So tell me about that. I read that. And so, so there is a test. It's not an official one. Okay. Um, if, 
in the UK, if you go to one of our big shopping malls, uh-huh. you can actually hire one of their wheelchairs for free. It just saves us having to right. get hours out get of the yes. car. Yes, yes. So I do that, but they make you sit a test every three years. There you go. Because they don't want <laughs> reckless drivers in the mall. So it makes Absolutely. sense. Well, and I love this one. Can I have a go? Like someone wants to ask if they can have a go in your chair and your reply, uh, no, you can't. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, at, at one Christian festival, I said no, and they proceeded to sit on my lap. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. The festival people, the people organizing the festival mm. were absolutely brilliant, actually. They dealt with it really well. But how inappropriate. How inappropriate. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you go on to say... Um, and the, you didn't think about it before you said it, did you section? And yeah. this one, you're too young and pretty to be in that wheelchair. And you, you go on to say, you mean all female wheelchair users are old hags. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> yeah. did they really I mean, just say that? I am a, a gray haired lady of a certain age who is quite young in their outlook. And I dress in a very young fashion. I always wear amazing shoes. Ah, there you go. Um, because that is a plus side of where using a wheelchair, I can wear my heels. Ah, there you go. You don't have to try to walk in them. You can wear them. That's right. Exactly. So there I am. I'm usually traveling to London to actually go and host a business meeting or something like that. And um, people go, oh, you know, the, mm-hmm, the head the tilts of compassion. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. And the eyebrow yes. sort of goes, oh, you yes. poor dear thing. Mm-hmm. And then you're too young and pretty to be in that. Mm-hmm. And what they're seeing is just me dressed nicely with my yes. hair nicely done, mm-hmm. wearing nice shoes and a nice handbag. Uh, and you think, does that mean mm-hmm. that everybody else with a disability is right. ugly? Right, right. Again, assumptions. Yeah. yeah. And actually, when I'm sitting in my wheelchair, I do feel ugly. Mm. But that is because of the perception of other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think two of the funniest ones to me and to Kim were when someone said, well done. And then you put after that, I went to the loo. Like they were saying, well done, that you could take care of what you needed to take care of. Yeah. Crossing the road as well. That's what that was the next one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're so inspirational. And you're like, I crossed the road. (laughs) And then the ones I think that so many of us as special needs parents get on just a general level is that invasive curiosity from complete strangers, like, what did you do? What's wrong with you? You know, the things like that that are said. I think, you know, we've had that, you know, just with with our son, you know, what's wrong with him? And what did you do to cause that kind of is the question that a lot of people put out there in relation to when they see our families. And then yeah. the, the unsolicited advice. So what's been some of the best unsolicited advice that you've gotten on, on ways for you to be healed from not, and not have to be in a wheelchair? Um, they come from both sides of things. So mm-hmm. you shouldn't have so much sugar mm-hmm. or you shouldn't have sweeteners. Right. Um, some people say you need to get more sleep or you shouldn't rest so much. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Make Which your mind one? Up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I think there are so many, you sort of start to forget them. Mm-hmm. 
and I've had many that are sort of what you should eat. Mm-hmm. So eat more yogurt. Right. And I quite often sort of come back and say, actually, I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> that one's not going to work. I loved your, <laughs> your kale comment. That was funny. I love kale. Yeah. And then, but somebody said, you need to eat more kale. And oh. you're like, well, I actually eat a lot of kale, you know. Yeah. I, I, it doesn't work. Yeah. So funny. And I, so the, I think that the one that is the shake your head the most, the one that I read was you're at a Christian festival. And you ask someone to open that. You say, could you please open the door for me? And the person says, well, there's a leadership te- team meeting in there going on in there. So I can't. And you're like, I know I'm on the leadership team. And they still didn't help you. They still was, they, they didn't come alongside and help you, which just mm-hmm. blows my mind. Again, they went back to the assumption that yeah. why would you in a wheelchair be going to a leadership meeting? So how did you handle that one? Um, I usually swallow hard for a moment mm, yeah. before I reply and find one of the stewards because they yeah. tend to know me because mm-hmm. my role is as an advisor on disability. So they right. know me. Right. Um, but just, I've had it happen more than once. Mm-hmm. So occasionally I've joked along with them and then said, actually, I do need to be in that meeting. I'm supposed to be leading. Yeah. Leading <laughs> the meeting. <laughs> I am the speaker at this at said festival. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had a lot of practice in sort of doing that. And then actually mm-hmm. I really need to get in now. So, you know, yeah. and then try to have a laugh about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll say, what makes you think I'm not a leader? You know, I'm sitting mm-hmm. here, I have my badge on that says leadership mm-hmm. team and I'm yes. holding a radio mm-hmm. that gives me access to the rest of the leadership team. Right. Why would I not be? Mm-hmm. And they'd assume yeah. that the radio was my husband's. Uh-huh. But my wow. husband was actually working in the children's program on the other side of the wow. site. Wow. <laughs> wow. So there's lots of different ways. Yeah. But I try to be kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so there's been lots of times people have gotten it wrong. When have people gotten it right? What are things that people have done along your journey that where they got it right? and were helpful and kind and understanding? Um, people where I've walked through the door and they said, okay, what can we do to make things comfortable for you? Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. the first thing, you know, because yeah. I've turned up in a wheelchair, even though I've actually told the people inviting me mm-hmm. to a church that I am a wheelchair user, I can get out of my wheelchair and take one step up onto a platform. Mm-hmm. I can't do any more than that. Mm-hmm. And one church built a, pla- uh, a ramp Wow. Onto their platform. Wow. Which was great. Another Mm -hmm. church had hired a ramp to to allow me on. So people have been very kind in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the nicest things is, is some of the people I work with, they won't book a venue for their meetings unless it's wheelchair accessible. Perfect. Yes. Um, Whereas with other organizations, it's, well, we can't afford the wheelchair accessible Mm. ones. So sorry. Yeah. Um, and then those that know that in London, a lot of the tube stations are not wheelchair accessible, mm-hmm. especially in certain areas. And they will pay for a taxi from the station I can come in on to the venue where we're meeting. Yeah. So, you know, it's doable. These mm-hmm. are, are lovely organizations that mm-hmm. just value me for who I am. Right. Right. And will do those things for me. 
Well, and that makes all the difference in the world because it lets you know people see you for you, but they, and yeah. they want you there and they're going to try to make it work for you to be there. And I think people who don't, you know, my son's in a wheelchair. And so everywhere we go, we have to plot out and plan, okay, is yeah. this a place we can go? Um, we went recently, someone invited us to their to their home for their daughter's graduation party. And we, so sweet to be included in, we went, but they didn't, they have lots of stairs to get into their home. And so all of the men, the dads, they just picked John Alex up in his chair, carried him on, you know, in and out of the house so we could be there. But people, if you don't live that, you don't think about yeah. accessibility. Um, and actually, you know, I remember one time going to a store, it was a Christian bookstore, and they had the the wheelchair accessible ramp area where you could get up, but it was right in front of a place where a car could park. It wasn't yeah. separated out where, you know, you have the lines marked where no one can park there. It was right in front of a parking space. And I thought, how okay, how are we to even get in here? Because mm. people have parked here. You can't even get to the ramp to get into the store. And so I love that you have had people who've come alongside, mm. want to find a way, want to make it work because they see the value of you. They don't see, they want to, you know, they see the wheelchair because they, you need to be able to be accessible and to be able to get in, but that's not going to stop them um, because they see the value in you. And, and I love that. Um, now, let me ask you this, because Kim and I had a conversation. Kim works with me here at Rising Above. She has the sweetest little boy, Joa, who's six. And Joa, he is used to being around people in wheelchairs. He, he His mom leads our special needs ministry at our church. He has friends at school who are in wheelchairs. My son, John Alex, is one of his buddies. So he is used to seeing people in wheelchairs. And they were out and about one day. They saw a gentleman in a wheelchair, and he just nonchalantly says, hey, I like your chair. And the guy, the man kind of looked at him like, how dare you? It was kind of like, why are you, you know, he wasn't, it wasn't a very kind response where Joa was just mm. being a curious six-year-old. Um, yeah. Because he had seen in his mind, he was thinking, hey, my friend has a cool pink wheelchair. I like your chair. So how should parents, how would you um, instruct parents? How would you tell parents to um, teach their children how to engage with people who may be different? I know Kim thought afterwards, she said, I wish that I had told the guy, hey, my son has lots of friends in wheelchairs and he thinks your your chair is really cool. But she, you know, in that moment, you're not thinking, you're, you're seeing that person's reaction and you're not quite sure what to do. So what would you say to parents to help them know what to say to their children to help teach them? Um, make sure that they know that people with disabilities are like anybody else. Mm -hmm. Might respond in different ways, might think in different ways and never stop them approaching. Mm. Uh, I never mind a child coming up to me and mm -hmm. we we can have a laugh about my wheelchair as well. Yeah. yeah. And if you do get a not very nice response like that, then it is actually worth saying, actually, I'm trying to teach my child. That's good. You know, it'd be great if you could help me teach them. Mm, that's good. And and I I do get parents that sort of usher their children around them. Mm -hmm. as if they're going to catch the wheelchair off me. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's not like contagious. contagious. Right, yeah, right. And, you know, the ones that actually, if I'm in the shop, you go down the aisle 
and it's quite wide, but they'll mm. still flatten themselves against one of the uh, the shelving units. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just teach children to smile at anybody that is going past. Mm-hmm. So to smile at a wheelchair user, somebody using a, a cane, crutches, anything mm-hmm. like that, just looking smile, be happy right. and not shocked. You mm-hmm. know, children learn their reactions to what the grown-ups do. Totally. So if a parent sort of does the whole stare along the road, mm-hmm. the children are going to do the stare as well. Mm-hmm. So it is just showing your children how to behave around someone as well. Mm-hmm. They'll learn by your example. Yeah. yeah. You're going to model for your child. You're going to set yeah. the tone for how your child is going to respond. And um that is so true. Such good, good counsel there. And, you know, another article that I read just really hit home with me personally uh, because I am often uh, setting limits on what our family can and cannot do. And you, I think it's actually your most recent article, your yeah. most recent blog on your website was called Can't or Can. And, you know, one of the things uh that's so hard for me is, you know, I'm a solo parent uh, and and trying to go out and do things now. uh, I set limitations on what we can and can't do. And this really inspired me when I read what you wrote. So share your heart behind wanting to write this most recent article about can't or can. Part of it was my own experience, but also hearing other parents talk. Mm -hmm. You know, my own experience is very much like I was saying about, you know, not being able to get in the leaders meeting. Right. Because people see a wheelchair and go, can't. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I'm constantly having to challenge uh, different areas and people. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, one meeting I was in and we were talking about um, how we nurture children into compassion roles and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So you know, people go off and do a year's mission work or six months mm-hmm. mission work, or, you know, we're trying to train young people into leadership roles. You know, not everybody can be a leader, but right. we do take young people and say they are leadership material. Mm-hmm. And I asked the question, are any of you mentoring anyone with disabilities or special needs as you use we, we right. say additional needs here. additional need right right yeah so are you doing that mm-hmm. and you know you get the goldfish impression mm-hmm. with the mouth opening and closing right right <laughs> and then no answer and we carry on with the previous conversation and mm-hmm. uh, I was just fed up of young people and children being told you can't mm-hmm. And the family that had approached me a while ago, and I keep hearing this from other families, where a church has said, you can't come here anymore because your child is a health and safety risk. That breaks my heart every time I hear that. Yeah. So I'm hearing this. and I just thought these children can. Mm-hmm. You know, they can relate to God. They can have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. They can have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. What Jesus did on the cross is just as redemptive for them as it Mm -hmm. is for anybody else. Mm -hmm. So why do we keep saying can't? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I grew up with the can't word. Mm -hmm. And 
I've recently gone through a really rebellious phase that most people would go through as teenagers. <laughs> Tell us about this rebellious phase. Yeah. <laughs> My rebellious phase is actually saying we can mm-hmm. and pointing yeah. things out. Yeah. Uh, across the world, there is the Evangelical Alliance. And in the UK, I'm part of the Evangelical Alliance Council. And the head of the Evangelical Alliance in the UK um, is a friend, is a lovely guy, but he always says, when you tell me off about things to do with disability, <laughs> I feel as if I have to say thank you. <laughs> and then carried on to refer to me as the smiling assassin. Oh, love it. The smiling assassin. That is great. And, and, which is great. And it's sticking. People are actually using yeah, that. That is so funny. Because <laughs> he used it in a public meeting. Yes. Um, but he sort of caught the essence of that, except mm-hmm. the fact that I'm actually quite gentle about it and most right. people don't notice, which mm-hmm. is what he was trying to say. Right. So when I see people saying, we can't do that, mm-hmm. that means it utters the word can't over the child mm-hmm. or the teenager or right. the adult as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm fed up of hearing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm now sort of going, no, they can do it. It right. takes a bit of thinking about, mm-hmm. but we can do it. Yeah. Um, I was talking on a podcast last week about you know a child that wanted to serve, wanted to do something for right. their friends who was autistic, and he wanted to serve the drinks and the biscuits, and mum mm-hmm. wanted that for him. How do you do that? So the way we had to do it for them was it meant that the children's work took 10 minutes longer. Mm-hmm. So serving the drinks for a child that if it's given to him, everything on the tray is his. Mm -hmm. And that is the way he thought. Right. So you have to put one drink on the tray and say, give it to and name Mm -hmm. a child. Right. And you have to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. So it took longer. People were wanting to say can't to him because it takes too long. Mm -hmm. But saying can said that he is valued. Mm. So many things like that, Mm -hmm. you know. As I've said, all the way through my life, I've been told can't. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people that said to me, as soon as I was obviously disabled, aside from the fact I'd been disabled for 20 years before, mm-hmm. you could actually see it, mm-hmm. were saying, oh, well, you should stop now. You should stop gall- gallivanting mm-hmm. around the country because you can't do it anymore. Yeah. I don't want kids having that said mm-hmm. over them. They can. They yeah. have something to give whether they have a learning disability, a physical disability, mm-hmm. a social disability, a mental health disability, anything, yeah. they can do it. Yeah. But it's so beautiful. And, you know, I think about even with my son who is non-speaking, he's in a wheelchair and the world would look at him and say, what does he have to offer? But every single person on earth has been created with a mission. They have something that God has placed in them to do whether the world would look at them and say they're able-bodied or not. And so my son has things on that God has instilled in him that he is Mm. to accomplish during his time here, just as anyone else um, would have. And so I think, I love um, hearing you and your passion of saying, no, we're going to find a way to make this happen. And I, I love what you wrote because- you talk about, you say, I use a wheelchair and I have a visual impairment. I know there's some things I can't do, like running a marathon, climbing lots of stairs, um, getting onto some trains with ant- without ramps, can't 
exist, but I'm too busy with can to worry about it. And I thought, that is so true. You're focusing on the can. And you say, I'm not a brave person. I'm not inspirational. I'm an introvert who's been called by God for a purpose. He doesn't see can't. He sees possibilities. I'm so thankful that he can see the possibilities in me. He can see them in you too. Yes, you can. And I love that. Um, And just that you are instilling in other people to find the can and not the can't. Mm. So beautiful. And are you seeing that making, seeing the narrative shifting by you being the smiling assassin (laughs) and, (laughs) and telling people, no, this is how it's going to be. Are you seeing the narrative shift by you being brave and bold and saying, no, we are going to find a way to make this happen. It's not shifting much. Mm, yeah. Um, it's very slow. You yeah. know, I've, I've got a, another two blogs on the slow burner at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I make notes and I think about them, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Yeah. 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 And I've got one at the moment where, you know, I'm working with a lot of leadership areas. Mm. So, you know, I used to be a kid's worker and I can't do that now in a wheelchair. It's right. just just doesn't work. And with my particular condition, it doesn't work. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm talking at pe- with people at high leadership levels. Right, right. And sometimes I'm in meetings where there are more than 60 people mm-hmm. that are leaders in their fields uh, within the, the church, at all sorts of areas within the church, parachurch, you know what I mean. Right, right. Um. And I can go into that meeting. Those people that have known me for years are absolutely fine. You know, they know I need coffee instantly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. can I get you a coffee? Yes. And, you know, they're asking about my latest knitting project or something like that. Yeah. Then there's other people that walk in. Now, I always sit at the back. Um, at the moment, I sit at the back just because of COVID, because I'm vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to be there. Right. And they'll walk in the door, go to go towards my direction, and you can actually see them do that sway movement, mm. stop in their tracks, and then go off in the other direction. Wow. And wow. it is obvious that it's my presence mm-hmm. because of the way it's done. You know, it's not, right. not me being oversensitive. This is what happens. Right. And people that have known me in the past before I used a wheelchair mm-hmm. see me and then avoid me. Yeah. Because... Yeah. We don't want to talk about the wheelchair. Yeah. Same thing happened with my husband. Same thing happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it is soul destroying when you go to yes. a meeting where people are ignoring you because mm-hmm. you have a wheelchair, either because their theology doesn't allow for that mm-hmm. or they just don't know what to say. Yeah. And then you're in a meeting, that same meeting where people are demanding you stand to do something. Which I can't do. Which you do, right. <laughs> well, I can stand up once, but I can't stay standing. I right. fall over. Right. So, and then, you know, we're all going to come up on the platform and pray for this person. Mm-hmm. I can't. Right. We're going to come forward and be served with communion. Mm-hmm. I can't get through the tables. Right. So not only am I being ignored by about a quarter of the people there, mm-hmm. things are being demanded of me I can't do. hmm and no one is actually thinking that I'm there and wanting to take part in things that yeah. are precious. Yeah. And when I mention it, 
it is often greeted with you're just being oversensitive, but oh I've had goodness. this for 30 years. Yeah. You know, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't be like this. Mm-hmm. But it's only because I'm the only disabled person in a in a room. Right. Right. Because we don't have disabled people in leadership. Mm-hmm. I am a disabled person in leadership because I want these kids to go, I can do that. Mm. There's someone like me yeah. just there and I can do it. Mm-hmm. And I need to change people's minds on why we need more disabled people Mm -hmm. coming into the room. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we just pray that through you and your boldness and your willingness to speak the truth, uh, that, that, that the narrative will start to change. Um, but it's, it's interesting because the same, some of those same things you talked about happened with my husband. He was able-bodied and then all of a sudden he's in a wheelchair and, he would tell me we would go into church and there would be people that used to love him and they still loved him, but they didn't. When Once he got in that chair, they didn't know what to do and they would see him and they would turn and go the other way. And how heartbreaking that was to him. Um, you Like, you know, you sense it, you feel it, just the looks, the people who, who don't quite know what to do. And yeah. um, so... I'm not quite sure how we change that narrative, but hopefully you're going to keep pressing on and encouraging people to go from can't to can and to see beyond the chair, to see beyond the label. That's what we all want for our children, you know, that that have yeah. differing abilities. And um, so I just am so grateful to get to meet you and hear your journey. And, you know, here at Rising Above, this year is the year of restoration. And we are looking at ways that God is bringing restoration into our lives or ways, things that we're putting into practice in our life that is bringing, there's allowing God to restore those broken, beat up places in our souls. And so are there things that you're doing currently right now where you're seeing God bringing restoration into your life? Um, it's, it's a difficult one to answer in some ways. Um, you know, we've had quite harsh lockdowns in the mm-hmm. UK, yeah, uh, which were hard for me. Mm-hmm. But it was even harder when things were lifted because I was still vulnerable to COVID. Right, right. And that's hard on you. And it becomes hard in many ways, spiritually, physically, the way you think about people because they're just not thinking about you. And right. you can see that. Mm-hmm. And it starts to affect you. Yeah, And I could see it starting to affect me. Mm-hmm. And there's a few things that I do. Uh, I keep a thankful journal. Mm, yes. Yeah. So, you know, the little things that I'm thankful for mm-hmm. and the big things that I'm thankful yeah. for. Yeah. You know, um, the husband brought me roses today. Oh, good man. Good job. <laughs> good job. Yeah. Um, you know, that interview went well. Or, you know, a great conversation with my older brother. Mm -hmm. That sort of stuff just goes in that diary. Yeah. And there are days where I'm in so much pain, it's difficult to pray. It's difficult to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. It was difficult anyway, because I'm visually impaired. I need everything read to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So keeping a thankful journey listening to music, worship music. Mm-hmm. At the moment, I'm really into City of Light mm-hmm. yeah. because it's like listening to a sermon to music. Yes. The theology is so yes. good Yes, and really love them. 
And when you're like that and you can't pray, you can't find the words to pray, I like using the prayers of the reformers. Mm-hmm. I've just got a little book that um, I've managed to get on my Kindle so I can enlarge the font really, right, really large. Right, right. And uh, I listen to the prayers of the reformers. And that can set your prayer for the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I know that God is a loving, understanding God. He's not going to go, you wimp. <laughs> you can rise Correct. above it and you can pray. Right, right. right. <laughs> he, he gets it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I've opened a book of prayers, a virtual book of prayers, mm-hmm. and read a prayer from an ancient worthy yeah. that just focuses my mind for a moment. Mm-hmm. He just says, yeah, thank you. And, and I'm blessed. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, it, we are big believers in the power of gratitude here at Rising Above and that how it will shift your perspective. It will change the narrative of what you're believing when we can be focused on what we truly do have to be grateful for. And so I love that. And worship music all the time. Yes, that that helps to change the, the atmosphere where we are. It'll change. I can put on worship music in my house and it will change the atmosphere in our home um, in an instant. So, Kay, it has been a joy to get to meet you and to have this conversation. And I just appreciate so much your time and I pre- appreciate what you're doing to love and serve the families that got places in your path. And so continue on, continue fighting and, and working to um, change that narrative uh, so that people, regardless of whatever their abilities are, that they they will find their place and value in the kingdom of God. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.